All right, all right, I'm back with uh, the Black Woman's Guide to Understanding the Black Man. We are on Chapter 9, and this is Part 3. This is a, uh, the second paragraph on page 141. The Black church has also been a place to introduce a new ideal or political stand to the people. Black men know how to organize activities in a church. Other Black men know how to have unity and corp and cooperate in a church. They do this because they believe that they are working for the Lord. They raise thousands of dollars, sometimes for years, to erect big, beautiful structures for their services. The finest and cleanest buildings in the African-American community are the churches. Some of them have daycare programs, schools, nursing homes, their shops, or provide free dinners for their homeless, the sick, and the shut-in. They do a lot of charity work and raise money um, untirelessly to buy their pastor a special gift, send him on a special trip, or buy him a new car to show their appreciation for their leadership in guiding them to God. Black men cooperate voluntarily more in church than any other place. It is unfortunate they have not learned to transfer that unity and fundraising and other types of business ventures to improve their condition. In these churches, which are now sometimes headed by ordained black women, there may be drums, horns, bells, keyboards, pianos, guitars, tambourines, or bongos. They provide musical accompaniment for the pastor's sermon and the choirs, and they can rock a house. This noise is tolerated in most venues because it's because it is defined as worship. They're singing, shouting, clapping, and an all-around agreement that they are having a good time. The pastor also presides over baptism and communion. Baptism symbolic of washing away one's sins in an overwhelming event. The baptismes wear white. The pastor stands in a mini pool, usually under the pulpit, or if the minister is more dramatic, they go to a local pond of sorts, and there they wade in the water and baptize their believers. The pastor puts on hands the pastor puts one hand on the person's head and the one hand on their back and quickly dumps them in the water while there is prayer and singing going on. It is a very spiritual event signifying a person washing away their sins. Some of the upper class blacks attend churches where only a sprinkle of water on the forehead suffices baptism. Communion is supposedly symbolic of the body and blood of Jesus. The body is represented by a small soda cracker or chip of unleavened bread, and the blood is represented by a tiny cup of wine or grape juice. While in any other situation, the ideal of eating a human's body or drinking their blood is repulsive in the religion given to the black man to replace his own, this is considered an honored ritual to consume the religion totally. This is also symbolic of the Europeans' history of having a cannibal complex of sorts. Many of their gods, giants, and heroes of Greek folklore legends are portrayed as cannibalistic. This was a ritual used as a vow degenerate satisfaction of revenge on an enemy. Cannibalism is also purported to have been practiced during European famous in the Dark Ages. Human flesh is described as resembling pork in taste. Mankind is always killed for at chemical purposes such as voodoo rituals, witchcraft, and demon possession. Le lepers in Western U Europe believed in that their only cure was the eating of human flesh, drinking the blood, and eating the intestines, consuming the blood and the body. While primitive tribes in Africa are portrayed in movies or rumored in studies to have been cannibals by boiling a person in a big pot or shrinking 
their heads. It was a Rudyard Kipling who referred to cannibalism as the white man's burden. European Norsemen or Vikings developed war skills they referred to as bloodthirsty or bloodsucking. Later tales developed about vampires, werewolves, even involving children in stories of Little Red Riding Hood and Hansel and Gretel, both fairy tales about human beings trying to capture and eat another human being. It is from the theories surrounding these histories that the ritual of communion was established. Eating the body and drinking the blood of someone whom you wanted to possess the traits of strength, knowledge, or great power. There are biblical passages about bloodletting in the Old Testament of the Bible. These are also stories about sacrificial offerings scattered throughout the Bible involving shedding the blood of animals as a ritual of contacting God and proving to him that the believers is serious. It is also recorded that during period of starvation, such as the stage of legend, Rad during World War II, the Caucasians ate human flesh. Some prophets have said that all nationalities of time of famine will be forced to eat other human beings to survive if they are not prepared for days of want. Hunger is a great motivator. Then at other places in the Bible, it is noted that believers are warned against the eating or drinking of blood, human or animal. Humans are noted to feel comfortable in such sucking their own blood if they get a small cut in their finger or hand. This kind of blood sucking is obviously permissible. Many black men brag a bit about eating their steaks rare, blood red with the steak swimming in a pool of it. This is also not considered abnormal behavior, although it should be. Black men who kill others are rarely if even noted as dismembering human bodies, scaling bones, or freezing the parts of savoring dead flesh in any manner. It has nothing to do with obeying God or anything similar. He does not have that kind of glory nature. He is repulsed by this sort of decadence. Thank God he also does not use prolonged physical torture as a way to kill or instigate a massacre. If he kills, it's fast, quick, and he abandons the body. Black men also do not well do do not do well at funerals. They have a hold over fear of dead bodies from spooky stories told to them in their youth about evil spirits rising from the dead, ghosts of dead folks coming back to haunt a house or room. So they don't fool around or linger around dead bodies if they can help it. Christian teachings introduce the ideal of the dead coming back to life, but black men are not particularly attracted to the idea. Even if someone showed up and said, he was Jesus back from dead, it is unlikely the black men would believe him. Since the Holy Bible was presented in the black man to the black man during his enslavement as the word of God, the Savior, and the God was portrayed to him as being a white man surrounded by other great white men. This book sat pride and confidence from him. Every major hero or religious character in the Bible was described as white. Daniel in the lion's den, Job in the stomach of, of a whale, Samson and his strength, Noah and his ark, Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, and David, who saw, who slew a giant. Not one figure of the Bible has ever been described as a powerful black man who was ordained or, or especially supported by God. It was Jonah in the stomach of the whale. Since the black man thinks that no matter what else the white man is guilty of, he will not be low down enough to lie about Jesus or God. He is prone to cling to the religion of Christianity no matter what else he rejects in Western culture. He thinks that religion has nothing to do with his state of mind. 
his confidence of his understanding of word problems. He is willing to defend to the death his right to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior. It was good enough for his mother and it was good enough for his grandparents, so it must be good enough for him too. And he appalled at anyone who would attack his holy Jesus and his mighty word. He doesn't understand that Christianity is just another slavery time teaching used to control his brain and keep him subservient to a system that holds him down. He has been told all his life that he will suffer if he rejects Jesus and all he stood for. So he goes to church on Sunday, sings loudly in the choir, and claps his hands joy joyously thinking he is making contact with God. He has such a good time being in entertained in church and the music makes him feel so good. He is convinced that his religion must be real. He doesn't know that he makes his own blessings dependent on what he does and how he lives. He does not know that as long as he prays with the image of a white man in his head, that he will continue to feel inadequate, inadequate. Jesus as a man. The prophet Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, and while black men believe in his existence and powers, they actually know little about him. He was born in a stable, came from two-parent household, was educated single, and died violently at the age of 33. His adult career as a teacher of divinity lasted approximately three years. He was born in Bethlehem, which is about six miles from Jerusalem in Palestine. He never traveled more than three miles from home. Remember, he was riding a donkey or walking on foot and was labeled a a radical politician. All of the words of Jesus allegedly spoke as recorded in the New Testament of the Holy Bible can be repeated in a couple of hours, like a one-time lecture. None of this is uniquely impressive until the superhuman aspects are added, such as he was born of a woman who did not have sex to conceive him, the Immaculate Conception. He walked barefoot on water, resurrected a dead man, healed the sick by touch, changed water to wine, died after being nailed to a cross, then came back to life three days later and extended, floated up into heaven, the clouds promising to return and judge the world. When the side of his, when this side of his story is added, it makes Jesus sound like a terminator, capable of all kinds of remarkable feasts and possessor of extraordinary powers. Christianity, the religion he is attributed to stand for, is a historical based account not grounded in regular universal principles, but definite, <clears throat> but definite time spending events recorded, interpreted, bound, and distributed by white males. This historical religion can always be debated and speculated about because it is not based on scientific proof, which is not built on culture or nationality, but in contestable and independent truth. The black man does not have any proof that the information given to him about Jesus is true, or for that matter, that any of the events recorded in the Bible actually happened. Trying to disprove the idea that Jesus still lived and is coming back to save the righteous and punish the sinners is difficult understand undertaking. The difficulty is often mistaken as evidence that he's really on the way. The black man's fear of God steers him away from challenging the worth of Jesus or the Holy Bible because he is afraid of committing blasphemy. And the very last person he wants to tick off is God because he believes in God. He just doesn't know who it who his own God is. He should investigate 
investigate this seriously so he can worship his own savior. Western opinion dictates that if one does not believe in Christianity, then the religion is considered pagan or uncivilized. Other non-white nations abroad consider Christianity as a sort of plague that the white man brought to their shores and eventually used it to rule them the same way it is used to rule the black man. We will stop right there. And that is um, down at the bottom of the page, the last paragraph of page 145. Man, 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 just that last part alone. I, oh man, that it says a lot, you know, just how we don't question nothing. That's given to us by somebody who built, who beat, raped us, uh, did everything to us wrong. We don't question nothing, nothing that was handed to us. I'm not saying that they wrote it, those necessarily, but um, they ancestors did, you know, they, the people they believe did, you know, uh, as far as the part that we got, you know, so. The written, the part that we got that was written by somebody, a man, uh, this interpretation was given to us by someone who doesn't care nothing about us and who don't care nothing about us rising up out the condition that we are in. And are we in a bad condition as the black men and women of America? Are we as a whole? Your kids got it going on? All of them? Are they in a position to have a decent life? A life of a high spiritual being, physical being, meaning not sick and deadly, being at the top of the world in debt and illness and sickness? How is their mindset? Is suicide at an all-time high of a black male? Do we lead in that? Come on. Woo, we need to know. And I'm going to get off of it because, you know, I can continue to talk. 